E-S-N-Y. to another episode of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an Elite Sports NY production, recording on the morning of December 20th. It's a Sunday, just a little past 11 a.m. Rolling as always with my co-host Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. A morning podcast. This is a first for us. Yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah, definitely, definitely first on a Sunday. I, I do think we did one morning pod with uh, that guy from Dayton. Uh, oh yeah, 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 we did. That was a Friday morning. Um, but yeah, definitely before the the slate of football games come in, uh, we, we we wanted to get um, a podcast in. I know for for me particularly, I don't know if you guys are involved in fantasy football right now, but I have a huge huge playoff matchup. That um, uh, if I win, I'm in the finals. So uh, I'll, my eye is going to be glued to the TV screen today. But uh, despite that, um, we're going to be discussing a lot of NBA topics today. The season fast approaching. We we all can't wait for it. So we figured we would talk about some NBA wagers, maybe some prop bets, some futures bets. Um, and we really thought there'd be nobody better to discuss that with than the hosts of the. Nick's State of Mind podcast. We are very lucky to have both uh, Danny Small and Matt Castillo on. Uh, Danny, first off, how, how's your Sunday treating you so far? Good, good Sunday so far. Getting ready, like you said. I'm. I actually I gave up fantasy football for a few years ago. Um, just focused on. I focus on betting now. Just I fantasy football just got got the best of me a couple of years there. So I, I gave that up, but still looking forward to a uh, little, little Sunday football action, a little, little hungover, but maybe grab a Gatorade <laughs> or something and, uh, and recharge. I've been worse. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel the same. And Matt, how about you? Not bad. I enjoyed my Sunday so far. I was telling you guys before I'm, I'm a big golf fan. So I was watching tiger and the sun um, at the PNC championship. Um, I am not hungover. I, I did not have a great Saturday with uh, partying or anything like that, but I did watch college football games. Um, and then, um, yeah, just getting ready for football as well. I'm also in a big matchup for a uh, fantasy purpose and um, not off to a good start. Some guys are underachieving uh, this week so far for me. Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams didn't have a big night uh, last night. So, but ready to talk about basketball and um Excited for the season to get started already. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, likewise, I, I share the same sentiment. And I figured we would start this podcast off with just kind of a general conversation about sports betting, especially as it relates to New York. Um, you know, both um, I think Danny and I are both the, the, the two on this pod that live in New York. Uh, so it's particularly rough to not be able to bet, but um, Danny is the the editor in chief over at Elite Sports NY. Follows sports betting very closely. So, Danny, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit um, and ask. You know, number one, uh, you know, there's the, within the conversations of the pandemic. There's also conversations about how do we improve the economy. Sports betting seems like 
a potential, um, you know, alleviator in that sense, something that can help. Um, what are the barriers right now uh, to sports betting in New York? And when or if you think that, you know, the, the state will kind of come through and say, listen, let's let's legalize this and let's make some money off it. Well, the, the main barrier for a, a long time was basically just Governor Cuomo. I mean, it, it had the support in the, uh, the state houses, um, the Senate and the legislature had the support. They had the votes, but Cuomo just would, didn't want it. So the Speaker of the House, um, Carl Hasty, would, he wouldn't bring it up. Would, like They just wouldn't push it. So for a long time, the biggest barrier has been Cuomo. But recently, I think last week, um, I forget what day it was, but in his COVID briefing, he mentioned that, you know, a way to juice the economy and get some tax revenue back in is sports betting. So <clears throat> I think him going on record as being, you know, sounding open to it is good news. Um, and really um, the way I'm looking at it now, there's two avenues for it to get passed. It's either going to happen now, right before the end of the year. Um, they, they have a chance to put it into a revenue bill. Although I think I would say it's probably a coin flip, maybe even 40, 60 that it doesn't get passed. Um, just cause I, I'm not sure if there's enough, uh, enough support to get it kind of like turned around this quickly, but then the other option would be they're looking at, um, possibly doing it at the end of the fiscal year in March. Um, so I think probably that, that March deadline or that March, uh, target is probably more realistic for New York. And then of course, once it gets passed and signed into law, it's not like, you know, you just download DraftKings and you're good to go takes, you know, some states take as long as a year, you know, 18 months to get the regulations and everything set up. My guess is New York would be able to flip it fairly quickly, um, hopefully in time for NFL season, uh, you know, the 2021 season, because uh, actually sports betting is legal in New York, but online sports betting is not because of a constitutional, um, like a, a loophole. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty weird um, how it works. Uh, but I think probably March is a good target date for when it gets signed. And then um, we'll just see how, how quickly they can, they can turn it, uh, turn it around. And actually, you know, you mentioned that we're the two New York guys, but I'm actually, I'm moving to Jersey uh, in January. So I am, uh, I'm getting out of, oh, getting out of New York. Um, not for any reason specifically, just had an apartment open up that I could, uh, that I snagged. So. Uh, definitely nice to have sports betting down there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading out of the empire state going down to Jersey city. Um, but also just, I am actually lucky enough now where I'm close enough to the Jersey border. You know, if I'm out running errands or something, I can just pop over the border and place a few bets. So, um, I've been lucky with that. Uh, but now getting, getting out of here, getting down into Jersey. So I'm going to be a Jersey boy now. That's cool, man. I didn't know that. That's um, that congrats, uh, first and foremost, on the apartment. And I think yeah, what you brought up is uh, particularly interesting, too, because I had no idea that even if it got approved, it would still take some time for regulations and stuff like that to, to figure themselves out. So it's, again, like you said, it's not like, hey, we get the, the law signed and then, you know, you go ahead and draft, uh, download DraftKings or something like that. Yeah, I think... Um... <clears throat> I forget how some of the some of the states, but I know I was just reading some stuff on Michigan. They passed 
sports betting in December 2019, and it's going to officially launch this January. So it took a little over a year um, for them to, to turn it around. But I think with New York, since New York already has sports betting legal, like the upstate casinos, you can go to sports books up there. Since that's legal, I think it probably means that, you know, they'd be able to kind of flip it and get all the regulations set up fairly quickly. But um, again, New York politics, you never know. It's, it's kind of a shit show all around. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that, with that said, uh, I figure we would kind of start the conversation um, around, you know, our, our picks this year, um, some of our selections for end of the year awards. Uh, how do you guys want to want to kind of go about it? I was thinking that we might save our playoff seeds until the end, because um, I figure that might bring up the, you know, I wouldn't say most discussion, but I think that's the the most interesting part of it. And maybe in terms of the awards, I don't know how many you guys want to go into, but I, I, I was looking into six man of the year, rookie of the year, um, coach, MVP, and finals odds um i'm down to put any more into that or take away what, what are you guys feeling i think that i think that's a good lineup we could we could roll with that okay. yeah i looked at i looked at those and i mean if you want to look at most improved or defensive player i'm good with that too yeah i think what uh else? those were also hold on you know what you're right i so i also looked at most improved and okay defensive player as well i just it was on a separate page um, all right. So how about this? Let's, let's kind of start. Why don't we start at defensive player of the year? Um, I'm going to either Danny or Matt, you guys are our guests. Have you guys start us off and we'll just kind of roll through our picks from there. All right. So for defensive player of the year, what, what's, if we're going to make a prediction, we got to easily make the comeback player of the year. We all know it's Kevin Durant. I mean, it, they already have his name on the trophy. And they're going to hand it to him actually in the start of the season. Okay. It's his. We all know that. All right. Clay Thompson could have potentially, you know, tried to fight for that and take that away there. But, you know, unfortunately, he's not going to be able to play uh, this season. Defensive player of the year, though. And I'm going to go with, and it's funny because we were talking about when we were going to talk about this, but Rudy Gobert, the now $200 million man. Uh, signing that extension with Utah. Um, I, I just think, you know, I, I know with the Knicks and Mitchell Robertson, that, you know, he's talking about being like a defensive player of the year. I just think he makes too many silly mistakes, too many silly fouls that can that can cause him uh, to sit some time on the bench. But when I think of defense, I think of a guy like Rudy Gobert. That's what he prides himself in. That's his bread and butter. Um, with that contract, they're going to come big expectations. So if I had to place a bet, I would put my money down on Rudy Gobert winning defensive player of the year. Yeah, I, I actually, not to, I'm going to be uh, piggybacking off Matt here. I, I went with Gobert too, the $200 million man. Mm. Um, I figured Anthony Davis probably has a good shot at it. Um, he was, you know, I think Giannis deserved it last year, but Davis, you know, was also deserving. Um, so I think Davis is going to make a good run at it. But with Gobert, I mean, what's he won it two or three times in the last like four, four-ish years? I think, uh, you know, anytime I'm picking defensive player of the year, I think you're uh, a safe bet is, is to just throw, uh, throw a little bit on Gobert. Um, I'm actually looking at it right now. 
yeah, Gobert is he's plus three hundred. Um, yeah. Anthony Davis is the favorite at plus two fifty. So um, I think it could be either of those guys, but I'm I'm gonna go with Gobert. Yeah, I like both of those guys. Uh, I like Davis is probably going to win as long as he stays healthy. But uh, I like for, as far as betting, I like uh, Danny. You were just talking about Davis is the favorite. Ben Simmons is ten to one. And there's going to be a lot of talk about Ben Simmons. And as long as he keeps up what he did last year and stays healthy, he finished fourth in the voting last year. Um, I I feel like so much of me and Jeff talked about this on the last show. So much of the voting is media narrative. And there's going to be so much talk about the Sixers. So much talk. And if Ben Simmons plays elite defense with Doc Rivers as his coach, and obviously it's going to depend on what the Sixers record is. And if the Lakers dominate again get, and win a bunch of games and finish first in the West, then Davis is going to get the award because they're not going to, because they're going to want to give it to him. But I, I think Simmons has an outside shot for sure. And Dave, but Davis is the favorite for a reason. So he's probably going to get it as long as the Lakers play like we think the Lakers are going to do. I, but I think Simmons definitely has a shot. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I didn't realize he was fourth last year. Um, and there's no question that at, at his height and his length, and, you know, he, he's, you know, essentially a point guard. So, I mean, he, he's that um, lead in defense. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for him, whether it's, you know, stopping the opposing guard or getting deflections, things like that. We know these are things that he's all very good at. Um I went with uh, I went with a guy that has also been uh, tops in this conversation for a while, but in terms of the the betting odds, he's at twenty to one. So Draymond Green at plus two thousand is something that I saw a little bit further down. I know Chip is a huge Draymond guy, and uh, I, I was like, I can't believe he's this low. And the argument I'm going to make for Draymond, you you technically could spin it two ways. I just think with Clay being out. Um, that is going to hurt the Warriors defense a lot. Uh, I just think it's going to require Draymond to do even more than he already does for the team. Um, but I think he's just so smart. Um, and he's a great worker on that end that I think it'll, it'll showcase himself. I actually, and you know, we'll go further into this later. I think the Warriors are going to be pretty damn good this year. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like Draymond as, as kind of like a dark horse candidate for that. Um, let me see. Yeah, I, I like I, I like the idea that is for bo- both of you guys, you know, Matt, Matt and I are kind of going with one of the favorites. But, you know, the idea of Simmons and, and Draymond getting some value there, I could I could definitely see that. Um, and kind of just, you know, going off what you're saying, Jeff, about Draymond tied in with what chip's saying about it's it's a very narrative driven you know all these awards are narrative driven if the warriors are you know back to you know looking like the warriors of old and you know draymond's playing incredible defense i could see him getting a huge bump just by you know just by the the warriors being a big story yeah exactly exactly and draymond 40 to 1 on DraftKings too by the way which is crazy high i think to what you're saying jeff he's such a good defender that that's a reason enough to take a shot on him yeah and i i mean and another one that's here uh is 
uh, Kawhi Leonard, 30 to one. Yeah. Which is interesting that he's that high. I just, just an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. How about let's, let's start off with chip on this one. Let's go for most improved player. Most improved, most improved player. I really like this one because obviously you have the favorites here. You have Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Michael Porter Jr., Christian Wood. These are the guys that most people would pick, take. I think the one, like the, I guess, semi-long shot one that's worth taking is Zion. Yeah. Because he's 20 to 1 on DraftKings. And if he stays healthy, which is a big F, then he could dominate and do something special. And who knows what the Pelicans could do. And again, like we said, media narrative. They'll be pushing that and he could win. So that's the one worth betting. But in terms of realistic, I know this is going to be slightly controversial because we haven't seen too much from him. But what about DeAndre Ayton at 14 to 1? He's going to be playing with Chris Paul. I think the numbers are going to get a lot better. I know Chris, I know Christian Wood, who's also at 14 to 1, is the trendy pick right now because of what he did in the preseason, but DeAndre Ayton DeAndre is playing with Chris Paul, man. His numbers are going to go up. Everybody's numbers go up when they play with Chris Paul. Um, I, I like DeAndre Ayton here. I think it's a, a good bet. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a really good bet. Um, I, I, I went with – I had two names here, and, and one is a pretty obvious one, and then the other I, – I just have a sneaky feeling he's, he's going to be better this year. But I, I went with Michael Porter Jr. on this one. Um, just because I think the Nuggets uh, make another small step in the, in the Western Conference here in, in terms of kind of like the hierarchy there. And I just feel like this team uh, does believe in Porter Jr. I, I think they're going to um, – I know that he may not start. I know that there were some comments in the media between him and Will Barton. Nothing like between the two of them, but Will Barton was saying, you know, I, I see myself as a starter – um, and then Porter Jr. just kind of said, you know, whatever's best for the team, we both see ourselves as starters. But I just think that um, this this kid's going to get fed. Um, they're 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 going to give him opportunities to showcase his talent. We saw what he did in the playoff bubble. Um, so I, I think there's a solid chance that he's going to be able to kind of like showcase his skills a, a bit more. Another guy that I really like for this and. I guess my reasoning is kind of based on the, the change in coaching staff, but I really like Wendell Carter Jr. here at, at plus 2,500. Um, you know, I like the fact that the Bulls added Donovan to the staff. You know, when Donovan didn't have stars on his team anymore, and don't get me wrong, having Chris Paul on your team is, is going to do wonders for your win-loss record. But I just feel like, you know, he was a bit more forward-thinking in terms of um, – the types of players that he put on the court, um, how he wanted players to get their shots, you know, where he wanted them to be on the court, a little bit more analytical based. And I just think a guy like Wendell Carter Jr. Um, could do, you know, wonders as a small ball five. And I still believe in his skill set. I liked him when he was coming out of school. Um, you know, it's just for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out so far. But I, but I think he could have a solid showing as well. Yeah, that's a good one, Wendell Carter Jr. And the offense is going to open up for him a lot more, I think, with Billy Donovan too. 
And if Larry Markkinen bounces back and starts hitting shots, too, that's going to mean so much for him. Because yeah. the lane was a lot more clogged when teams didn't felt like they didn't have to go out on him. Yeah, that's and it's not. I don't think Larry Markkinen's going to play as bad as he did last year. I think yeah. he's a better player. So yeah, that's a good pick. For me, and I like uh, your guys' picks so far um, as well. Those are guys that I considered. Uh, but, Jeff, I'm actually going with another bull uh, that, that I feel should be mentioned in this and I feel has a pretty good shot, and that's Colby White. Right. Uh, you know, he, he's somebody – I don't. I think he's – when I looked at the odds, I think he's like fourth favored or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, somewhere along that line. But, you know, Colby – showed that he is capable of having ridiculously high scoring nights and just erupting in a blink of an eye. You know, I felt like he finished off uh, his season last year, right before everything went to chaos, he was playing pretty good ball. You know, I think several straight games of over 20 points per game and all that. So I think Billy Donovan coming in there, we've seen uh, Shea Alexander have success in his offense. Of course, it helps when you have Chris Paul, as Chip just mentioned, which is why I kind of agree with you, Chip, on, on DeAndre Ayton. I, th- I mean, Chris Paul does make everybody around him better. Um, so I would I would say Aiton is probably one of my, my biggest favorites. But to pick somebody a little bit different here, I, I think Colby White is going to have a really strong second season and is really going to be in consideration for this award. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if the guys like you said would win it. I think everybody has a chance. Um, but I like Colby White this year a lot. I like that pick. He's so interesting to me, man, because I uh, like his talent is clearly there. It's always been to me more of a question of whether he's a a scoring guard or someone who's going to set people up. But I mean, we see in the NBA that, you know, the point guard position is is not as it traditionally was in terms of pass first. You need to have somebody who can break down the defense. You need to have somebody who can get into the paint. Uh, White can do that. And he's a terror in transition, too. So. I I I would back that. I would back that he would he would have a pretty good year this year too. Yeah, I, I like um, I like all the guys you guys are throwing out there. I think uh, if we put odds aside, I would say Murray probably Jamal Murray probably wins just because I think he carries some momentum from you know the bubble and you know that I think that matters um, that he kind of made an impression on people. I think he can kind of carry that into this year and people will remember him and uh, he might get a bump in that regard. Uh, but if I'm looking at odds, uh, I know this one will make you guys happy, but RJ Barrett at plus 5,000 is decent. I decent was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was the 11th rated rookie in the NBA last year. I mean, he was not an all-rookie all player, which obviously I think probably all four of us would disagree with that ranking. But, um, you know, he's got he's got a lot of room to uh, to grow and – I don't put a ton of stock into the preseason, but if he's, you know, averaging 20 points on 50% shooting, um, you know, adding in, you know, five, six rebounds, two or three assists a game. I mean, he would definitely be in consideration for it. So I like, I like his odds at plus 5,000 there. It's worth a bet. Yeah. Yeah. I'd sprinkle a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of money on that could, Mm -hmm. could pay off. But I'm surprised that Mitch is plus 3,300, by the way, and RJ's plus mm-hmm. 5,000. Yeah, that, that's, that's what surprised that's what me. Kinda, that's what caught my eye about yeah. RJ was that mm-hmm. Mitch is higher than him. And, mm-hmm. you know, the most improved, I think, is probably one of the tougher ones to bet because I think we you don't always really know who's going to be 
you know, who's going to be the, the guy to emerge um, and really, you know, be, you know, cause I think a lot of times, you know, halfway through the year, you kind of almost know who the, the one or two guys that it's going to be. Um, and a lot of times they come out of nowhere. Uh, I think that's just the nature of the ward. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if RJ Barrett, you know, kind of emerges early on, you know, now that he's going to be the number one option for the Knicks, it looks like. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to uh, show show off this year. By the way, you're talking about preseason, Danny. How about Talon Horton Tucker, Tort, uh, Horton Tucker, Jesus, plus 2,500 after yeah. <laughs> after the preseason? Like, I would come not, on. I, yes. I would not touch that. Seriously. Not, I would not touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I, I, I love that Barrett pick, man. I, I was very, like, cautiously optimistic I remember I did like a ton of film work on him last year and I just felt like despite the uh, inefficiencies and, and the rough shooting that there's a lot to like there, especially on the defensive end, which is tough for all rookie, rookies. Um, not to say that he was a good defender, but I, I mean, I was pretty impressed with what I saw in preseason, you know, I, just a, a lot of really good playmaking, um, you know, when he gets into the teeth of the defense um, you know, the, the shooting numbers were better, but that's, yeah, you're right. In terms of odds, throwing, throwing some money on plus 5,000, like, uh, and we talk about narrative, you know, Barrett, that name, you know, still, still rings for sure. Oh. So if he's doing well, the, you know, the general NBA media is going to pay attention to it. Definitely. For sure. Um, what do we have next? I think we have Six man of the year. Oh man. I mean, this year, what it goes to Lou will every year, every other year. So I feel like it's fair to say it's his until it's not his, but for the purpose of, of this conversation, um, you know, I, I went with a guy that uh, he got a three-year deal in the off season. Um, really, really talented scorer. I actually think he's somewhat of an underrated player just because I think a lot of people see him as one dimensional, but I went with Jordan Clarkson here at, at plus nine fifty. I don't think he, I don't think it's like a crazy odds bet or anything like that. I just think he legitimately in the second unit for Utah is going to be one, if not the only major scoring option there. So he's going to have a ton of opportunities to um, kind of improve on already. It was a, a pretty good year for him last year. The Jazz have locked up Mitchell and Gobert long-term. Um, you know, Clarkson is essentially part of that core, even though that the years are not going to be as long. Um, and I, I, I like the way he plays. He's not a guy, you know, there's not really a defender that can hold him down. Um, and he can shoot. He can shoot off the dribble. He can drive. He can do a little bit of everything. So Clarkson is a guy that I like to really kind of challenge Lou Will um, for this award this year. Jeff, what site are you looking at right now? Because I got Clarkson at plus 500. I know Danny does too because he's looking oh, at draft really? games. Yeah. It said Vegas Insider or something yeah. like that. Oh, so you might be bet MGM. That might be. Maybe. Uh, I don't maybe know. That's it. Yeah, it's a different. I think bet MGM is Vegas Insider. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering. Um, yeah, Clarkson's a good one. He's the favorite. I know he's the favorite on DraftKings. He's probably one of, if not the favorite on the site you're looking at, too. Um, 
I like Gallinari and Williams are the second favorite plus 700. I like Gallinari because I think his scoring numbers, he could hit career high scoring because they're going to play fast and he's going to get a lot of, he's going to get a lot of open threes, but I don't know if their record is going to be up to par. Um, Dennis Schroeder finished second in six man voting last year. He's 12 to one on DraftKings. I think if he has the kind of year he's capable of having with the Lakers, he's going to have the ball in his hands. When LeBron uh, is out of the game, he's got guy. He's going to be playing with Anthony Davis at some point. Is he going to think- start though? No, I don't think so. Right? Didn't they bring him in to be the guy running the offense when LeBron was in in the game? Maybe I, I, I honestly I thought when he first got traded they said something about he was going to start, but I I could be wrong. I, I haven't paid. Too I don't. Much. Yeah, I don't know if it's been decided. It's possible that he can move over to be like the. Because LeBron is like the point forward, but to have him in as a shooting guard, another guy to bring it up. So there is there is that possibility that he can start a good bit of games. He might, depending on matchups, come off the bench type thing. But he, I think I have a feeling he'll probably start a few games, but that's not decided yet. That's a yeah, that's a tough one to bet. But uh that one, that one is probably the one I would go with. Most realistic, Schroeder, just because he came so close last year and right. he plays for the Lakers. The long shot bet that I would take is uh, Carmelo Anthony. He's 40 to 1 on DraftKings and just like, nah, fuck it, whatever. Let's just, <laughs> like, just, let's just see. He's, he's finally taking the reduced role. He's going to be playing against worse players. Yeah, so he's going to be able to score easier. We already saw that in the preseason. He was able to score a little bit easier. Uh, I just think he's going to be having a better year, shooting the ball better, scoring the ball easier. And we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I think he's he's capable of scoring. And the fact that he's going to be playing on a good team is going to help him in voting. So I'd say Carmelo Anthony at 40-1 to is nice. And if Carmelo has any sort of good year, you know, Rachel Nichols is going to be talking about him every single day on the jump. So that will also help him. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like- <clears throat> okay. Go ahead, Danny. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the mellow. Um, I don't think I would pick him, but those are solid odds. I could, I could see him um, kind of feasting on those second, those second unit guys. Um, mine is, and I think last year I went with Spencer Dinwiddie, which that didn't pan out. Cause he, you know, with all the injuries, he became a starter. Um, but I think this year, Karis Levert, um, with the Nets at plus 1,200. He's my guy because I think they seem pretty committed to keeping him in the second unit there. <clears throat> and he's going to have some shooting around him with Shamit. Uh, he's going to have Jared Allen, who is the best center on the Nets, playing in the second unit with him. Um, and I think I was talking with friend of the show, Colin Loring, about this uh, the other day. But um, I like Levert as kind of like that Manu, Manu Ginobili type. You know, he's not necessarily a point guard, but he's a playmaker. He can facilitate a little bit. He can score. Um, I know Levert's three-point shot is kind of a little bit inconsistent here and there, but I think he's going uh, to be surrounded shooting. Um, and then especially, you know, when he has like Durant or Irving on the court with him, I think he's going to be able to uh, kind of facilitate for those guys a little bit. Um, I think Levert's going Levert's gonna to have a really good year. And if they commit to keeping him, as that sixth man, I think he'll be right in the conversation. 
I think, you know, with uh, this one was tough because there was a lot of guys. Schroeder was one that I was considering. But again, I do think that he's going to start sometimes. I just have that feeling, um, you know, where I think that's, that's going to hurt him from it. Um, you know, obviously, Montrezl Harrell won it last year, probably will play that same kind of role. So he has a good possibility of repeating. But uh, Chip, you mentioned uh, Gallinari. And uh, I really love that signing for the Hawks uh, and Gallinari. I think he's going to be a, a really good fit for them. Uh, and I think he's going to be a crucial veteran guy for a team that relies so much on young talent. Uh, I, I look for Gallinari to have a you know, 18, 19, 20 points around there, you know, type year off the bench for him. I think he's going to get, you know, with Trey Young attracting so much attention, you know, Gallinari is a guy that, you know, you have to keep an eye on, but there's, there's, a lot of talent there, Bogdanovich, you know, guys that are going to attract attention. I think it's going to free up uh, Gallinari some looks. And I would say uh, I'll take Gallinari uh, with his odds to win six man of the year. That's yeah. a good pick. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he won. Like I said, I think he's going to score a lot. Taking one of the Nets guys is uh, risky, I think, Danny. Just because I think Lavert could end up starting, mm-hmm. like you said with Dinwiddie last that's, year, it could be an injury thing too. So it could just be a risk that way. Yeah, that that's the one thing that I'm I'm thinking might hurt me. Just because you know that's what happened with Dinwiddie last year. He, yeah. was, he was my guy, and then you know what he probably ended up starting 80 percent of games. So yeah, um, same risk there. But I I kind of I like the upside of Lavert. Yeah, I um I think it. Going along with um, Matt's pick, I'm so interested to see how the Hawks navigate the talent that they added in the offseason. I said this on a couple of pods here before, but I'm just really not sure how that's going to work out. I I think in theory, um, you add Bogdanovich and uh, Gallo, Rondo, I'm, I'm sure there's names I'm forgetting. They have a ton of forwards with o- Collins, Okongwu, Hunter, Gallo. Like, I'm just very interested to see how that all works out for them. Um, but Gallo is, is definitely a great pick for sure. Um, okay, so we're, we're up to rookie of the year. This is probably one of my favorite ones. I think there's a, a lot of interesting ways that you can go. Um, I'll start us off here on, on this one. So I, I've kind of doubled down on my Tyrese Halliburton pick on in two separate pods. Um, I just, if I've said it before, I love the way that his skill set matches with De'Aaron Fox as someone who's like a supremely talented downhill guard that it has just lightning quick speed. Um, some it's only preseason. So any, strength of Halliburton's or weakness you can't really say that it's 100% there or it's not there we just don't have the sample size to definitively say that but I was pleasantly surprised that I think a lot of people who didn't necessarily buy Halliburton's shot because of the mechanics um, at least during the preseason it it went in you know and it went in at a pretty good clip Um, and I just felt like he makes a lot of winning plays he's a smart player uh, he's tough. Uh, even when he drove into the lane, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of down on him because of his, his, his body. He's, you know, too skinny. I thought he handled himself going through contact pretty well as well. Uh, so I, I like Halliburton as a dark horse rookie of the year pick, 
But uh, the guy, and I have to say, I've, I've kind of missed on him a little bit in the previous pods. But the guy who I actually really think is going to win this, just because I think Detroit is is absolutely going to give him the keys, is Killian Hayes, man. Like, Killian Hayes looks, even though his shot selection is brutal, um, he looks super talented. Uh, that step back is is, like, super, super choice. And it's just... I can see this guy, you know, taking his lumps, but really starting towards the end of the year to show that he's really worth, um, you know, the top 10 pick that Detroit uh, spent on him. What about you guys? Uh, For me, you know, I'm going with the guy that I like the most in this draft. Um, You know, at times has had some highlights. You know, I know uh, the other night made a ridiculous pass in transition um but he's a guy that can do just about everything he's going to uh fill up the stat sheets and and three major categories put up some points rebound assists and that's obviously Lamelo ball that that was my guy going into this draft a guy that i really liked um i know he's i think he i mean being a top three pick i'm sure he's a favorite right up there among um you know these other players and probably maybe even more than even the guys that were picked before him because the guys that were picked before him have other, you know, players that are going to be a bigger focal point on their team. And I know LaMelo Ball, you know, Hayward, there's Rogier, there's Graham. Um, there, there's some pieces there. But I just think out of those three, the one that's going to shine the most right away is LaMelo Ball. So I will take him. And I'm like I said, I don't know where he is in the favorites list, but I'm sure he's right up there at the top. Lamelo is the favorite. Yeah, I think on yeah, <laughs> he's the favorite on DraftKings anyway. Yeah, he's mm. four to one. So and for good reason, I think he's gonna be the the media hype guy favorite. And Anthony Edwards is not gonna get as many opportunities. Like Jeff said, with the keys with Killian Hayes, Lamelo is gonna get the same thing. I think at some point. Right now he's on the bench, but I think at some point he'll be in the starting lineup. I don't know who's gonna come out yet, but. Uh, Edwards is just not going to get that opportunity playing with D'Lo and Towns. We all know that. Yep. So, yeah, I I like that pick, Jeff. Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. Um, Jeff, I like uh, the Hayes pick too, though. Yeah, I mean, for obvious reasons, because he's just going to have the same sort of opportunities. And I think his, his assist numbers could be impressive. But it, to me, it all depends on if Blake Griffin stays healthy Yeah, for him. That would be huge. But uh, in terms of rookie of the year, for me, I obviously I talked about this previously with you, man, Jeff. Uh, I like Cole Anthony at 30 to one, especially after what he did in the, the late preseason, what he did in the last game. He had the game winner. He's looked really good. And he has like the looks of a guy who, could be better in the pros than he was in college. And I'm not going to act like I called this or anything. I had no idea he was going to be good, <laughs> if he was going to be good or not. But he's 30 to 1. I think that would be a really good pick. And this is obviously everyone said a weak draft class, so we don't know what's going to happen. I think Cole Anthony is a great long shot type pick to put some money on. And 
on top of that, obviously, Knicks fans are going crazy over Emmanuel quickly. So we'd we'd be hard pressed not to mention that Emmanuel quickly is plus five thousand right now. Although I'd be stunned if he won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, over Obi Toppin. But my pick for Rookie of the Year, my realistic pick, is uh, also uh, Jeff mentioned Tyrese Halliburton, and I think Tyrese Halliburton has a real shot now. I actually think that. Uh, and I didn't think that the last time you mentioned it, but then I've been thinking about it since then. And I think he's going to get more of an opportunity. Uh, I think De'Aaron Fox, if he plays up to his potential this year, uh, and now that I've been thinking about Buddy Heald's inevitable departure, I think that Halliburton's just going to have more opportunities than we thought, put up more points than we thought, maybe more numbers and, yeah, I, I like Halliburton there. I uh, it, it's it's so funny, man. You're talking about Cole Anthony, and like uh, all of a sudden, I, I wanted to go on this like mini rant. Like, uh, I it just pisses me off sometimes that, and I I do it too. So I'm I'm part of it. You know, like you get into draft Twitter, you get into analytics Twitter, and people write off a guy like Cole Anthony because you know he's a scoring first point guard. He had horrible spacing on a really bad UNC team last year. And, you know, people are, are just like, oh, my God, this would be a terrible pick for the Knicks or this would be a terrible pick. Like Cole Anthony was never going to not be good at basketball. Like his numbers, even in the I, I, you know, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing, but the EYBL, he had historic numbers in that, which I understand it's, it's just another essentially AAU squad. But like he like with NBA spacing and competent players, I'm not saying Cole Anthony is, is going to be the next Oscar Robertson, but like this guy was going to be good and he was going to be a serviceable guy on an NBA team. The only question is like, can he be the star of your team or is, is maybe his best role is a, um, an off ball scoring guard or maybe off the bench or something like that. But it's just like the way that people just absolutely are so certain that, a guy is going to be good or not good. It's just like crazy to me sometimes, man. And, and I'm sorry, like Cole Anthony was like one of the biggest, I think examples of that, that I think sometimes we just get caught up in a narrative one way or the other. And like, I, I'm, I'm happy for Cole. Anthony. I, I, I hope he does well. I I'm guilty of it too. Cause people were like Austin rivers. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy plays for North Carolina. He's like Austin rivers. How could we possibly draft him? And then all the people who you're supposed to listen to are saying the Knicks can't draft him. It'd be a disaster if the Knicks drafted him. And you're like, oh, my God, then, yeah, okay, then we can't take him. Then, <laughs> I mean, it, it would be a disaster. He can't play defense. He takes horrible shots. It's all his fault. It, it would be terrible if they took him. I mean, yeah, that, that's what happens. <laughs> what, if, what if all the smart people are wrong on Cole Anthony? That would be crazy. <laughs> Certainly looks like that so far, but Danny, how about uh, how about you? Did we lose Danny? This is glitching. His video. Danny's, glitching. Danny's frozen. Danny is frozen right now. Well, we'll wait. We'll wait a couple seconds. I, I know he'll come back on soon, but um, I got Cole Anthony to win Rookie of the Year. By the way, change my pick. <laughs> Cole Anthony go. for Rookie of the Year. Hey man, I listen. I like that pick. And I'm going to uh, at Chris Percy Einan when he wins. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, listen. You I, know, 
I, I already have a vendetta with, you know, with the fact that I liked Obi Toppin and there was a million and one people telling me that, um, you know, he, he's, he's going to be miserable in the NBA, but, but we'll see. But I, listen, I, I like Cole. The thing that's interesting to me about Cole Anthony chip um, is I'm actually the fact that he's doing well on a magic team that doesn't have a lot of great shooters and, you know, that's what's interesting to me. That's what almost makes me feel more like he's he's going to be good. I don't want to get too out of control because it is just the preseason yet. And I, it's hard for me to root for a Carolina guy. It really is as a Duke course. fan. I understand that. But I'm still, I'm not, I was not a big uh, Cole Anthony guy. And I'm neither still, was I. I'm still not. I'm re- I, it, it's got to show me more. I, I mean, and I, again, when I. And I say this all the time when I say I I don't there's just something I don't like. You know, I felt like he was the best player on a worst team. You know, I think he's his draft stock has obviously fell, you know, out. You know, it kept get it was in the lottery, it just kept getting pushed back back. You know, I think he won 14, so he was in the lottery. But you know, I think that motivates somebody and it gives them a little bit of a drive to kind of show people wrong. And I say this all the time, like when I criticize somebody or say I don't think they're gonna pan out I'm not rooting for that person to fail like I have no problem of being wrong and coming on and be like hey man I was wrong like you know it's not one of those things where I'm like hoping he fails just so I can sound smart because I mean I shoot I have the worst track record in the draft anyway you own your Dennis Smith Jr. exactly you know (laughs) what I mean so it's it's not one of those things where I'm rooting for him to fail I just want to see he is off to a good start in the preseason I got to see a little bit more because I felt like um, I felt like he was an Austin Rivers type, like like what, what you were saying, Chip. But that is not meaning I'm not rooting for the kid. Um, I hope he, he proves me wrong and proves a lot of people wrong, and I hope he is very successful. I'm rooting for him. That's all I can say. I think that's fair. I think that's fair and, and very well said, Danny. What about what about your pick for Rookie of the Year? So I'm not going to beat a dead horse because you guys actually hit on pretty much all the guys that I was looking at LaMelo. Um, I think he would be my, you know, odd society would be my pick. Um, but I like LaMelo. I like Killian Hayes, Halliburton. Um, I was even looking at Cole Anthony, just like you chip. So all four of those guys. Um, so I'm just going to quickly just give a shout out to um, Facundo Campazzo, the 29 year old rookie for Denver. I don't think he's going to win, but that would be incredible. I mean, he's the, uh, I don't know why I'm on an Argent, Argentine kick today talking about Ginobili and now Compazzo, but uh, shout out to NYK, Terry and Trey. Uh, Compazzo, we were we were fawning over him in the uh, the FIBA World Cup last or two Septembers ago um, when they when they were beating France up uh, in that and they they uh, went to the finals and lost to uh, Spain. So. I doubt he's gonna he's gonna win, but uh, I think it's gonna be pretty fun to watch him and Jokic out there in Denver together. They love him. They already love him in Denver. So I, I you know, and you can see why, man. I mean, he's he's a showman out there. You know, he does some pretty impressive stuff. So I I, I would like that too. Um, let me see what we have here. So we have we have two left before we get into our, <clears throat> our playoff seating picks. So we have Coach of the Year and MVP. Um, so I'll start us off for coach of the year. This one, uh, I'm going to stick with my pick from, from last pod. I I really like Steve Kerr to potentially get this award. Um, you know, I think, I think 
the Golden State Warriors have the ability to get to the Western Conference Final, and even if they don't beat teams that are better on them, better than them on paper, without Clay, I think that might be enough um, to to get Kerr to taking a team that that won 15 games last year, obviously with a ton of injuries, but I, I think that might be enough to get him um, that award. I also, you know, looked at Carlisle as well. You know, I do think the Mavericks with some of their additions in the offseason, I, I love um, getting, you know, Richardson in there. And uh, I also really like the Tyrell Terry pick. I, I'm a big Tyrell Terry guy, and I think he's going to be somebody that shocks us a little bit. So Carlisle and Kerr would be, you know, kind of my pick there. Uh, Chip, what about you? Yeah, I actually went with Kerr, too, because I saw uh, I was looking at BetMGM and they had coach of the year and. He was 40 to one there. So I like Kerr there. And uh, I also like Spo 14 to one. And I think, I know some people think that that was a little fluky what they did in the bubble. I, I actually think it'll carry over, but uh, I'm like you, I'm sticking with uh, my pick from the last pod for who's going to win uh, one of the favorites. And that's Monty Williams. I think just with Chris Paul going back, teaming up with Monty Williams again in Phoenix, I think that's like a, a match made in heaven type thing there. I think they're going to be really good. No one's talking about them, like I said last time. And, yeah, I, I'm i really high on Phoenix. I love Chris Paul. And I think Monty Williams is just one of those guys. Everybody likes him, and he's always been an underrated coach. And he did he did a great job last year without Chris Paul. So, I mean, they're going to be really good. And I already already picked DeAndre Ayton for most improved player. So might as well go with Monty Williams for coach of the year. Yep. Uh, Monty Williams is somebody that I do. I, I really I'm going to watch a little Suns basketball this year. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. um, M- Monty Williams is is my pick uh, for this. You know, other guys I considered, obviously one of my you know favorite coaches. I think Brad Stevens is a genius. I, I know things in Boston, you know, they've had some teams where you probably expect them to do a little bit better, but um, I'm, a, I just think his basketball mind, I think he's one of the smartest coaches out there. Rick Carazzle is a, you know, is another one that I think has a pretty good chance for it, but you know, I just, I think Phoenix is going to take a big jump. They, they haven't been a playoff team in quite some time. I know we're going to be doing our, uh, our, you know, predictions for the conferences coming up next and stuff like that. So I'll save that, but I really do like this Phoenix team. Me, um, and I'm not sure what the odds are because DraftKings doesn't have them. That's just what I have pulled up. Um, but I'm actually – I'm going to go with Ty Lu. I think the Clippers obviously disappointed last year. They flamed out in the playoffs, um, and I'm not picking them to win it. Or we'll get into the NBA Finals picks later on. Um, but I'm thinking that the Clippers are going to have a bounce-back – season they'll finish you know tops in the west maybe not maybe not the one seed i don't know <clears throat> we'll see but i think they're going to play well enough to do that and i think um you know just kind of them turning it around in the regular season after you know disappointing so badly i think that's going to uh give Ty Lue a little a little bump and uh, i wouldn't be shocked to see him win because it's usually it's usually either you know one of the top two seeds in either conference. I mean, you, I don't usually you don't see, uh, you know, 
a six or a seven seed. You don't see the head coach winning there. It's usually one of the top teams. So I figure I think the Clippers are going to be pretty good in the regular season. Might as well go with the Lou. Yeah, he's yeah. plus 1,400 on that MGM. He's a good one. I like him. Another one that I thought about was SVG, too, with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Just an outside shot there, too. I think Danny, I say this like a little facetiously, but it, I mean, he probably should be considered up there if he can get Paul George uh, to be happy in the offense. I mean, we know that was a big issue mm-hmm. for the Clippers last year. Um, and just getting that team maybe to have a little bit more good vibes around them. Um, you know, everybody was saying that people aren't appreciative of a star treatment that Kawhi or PG is getting. And some people don't think that PG is on the same level as Kawhi. So if Lou comes in there and smooths all that out, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a, a good reason that, that he should be considered at the top there. Um, so uh, we're going to finish this off with our MVP picks before we get into our playoff seating picks. Um, I'll start us off here again on that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take a, a little bit of a weak. It's a little weak take here, but I'm going to go with chalk on this one. And I'm going to go with Luca as the favorite. Um, again, just I, I studied the Mavericks for a piece I did um, for the playgrounder. And, and I just like kind of what they did. They didn't really swing big. Um, they had some nice signings and, and I, and I actually really like, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge deal in their roster this year, but even signing a guy like Wes Abundu, um, who I know is, is a, you know, known for his defense. I think Donnie Nelson really kind of set out to fix the defense on the Mavs that had really, you know, essentially a historically efficient franchise, um, offense last year. So KP uh, starting out on the shelf is not going to be great for their win-loss record, but I do think it'll be great for Luca's numbers. Um, so I, I do like him to, at the end, in the end, take this award. But, and uh, this one's a little off the wall, and, and I know that uh, I said this on the last pod, Chip kind of gave me the side eye, but I'm going to go with Jason Tatum uh, as a real, real dark horse pick here. Uh, and I just feel like the kid is super young, and I feel like he gets better every year. And I think if the Celtics look to trade Kemba Walker, which we've heard reports about that Tatum could get more playmaking responsibilities, which I actually think might be a good thing for him, um, kind of filling a, and I'm not calling him this, this player, but filling a Harden-esque type role where you give him the response, the main responsibilities of scoring and playmaking. I think that could be something that is ultimately good for the Celtics and and Good for Tatum for sure, but what about you guys? My MVP pick is, uh, you know, again, one of the favorites. Um, I discovered my love for Luca in the bubble last year, which I already knew he was a good player, but I really got a chance to watch Luca. And I, I told the guys before, um, you know, everybody that knows me knows that LeBron is my favorite player. Uh, you know, he's been my favorite player since I was nine years old. Um, so it's, I know he's coming towards the back end of his career here. So it's that, that scary part where I go, oh gosh, who's going to be my guy, you know, when, when LeBron calls and quits. Um, hopefully I got a few years left with him, but I decided that guy is Luca. I'm on the Luca chain. So Dantage is my MVP pick moving forward um, for, for years on end. I'm just going to take Luca. So Luca's my guy. He's going to win it this year. Yeah, I, I love Luca too. Um, 
for me, it really came down to three guys. I think Luca um, is up there for me. Then Giannis, obviously those two guys are the favorites. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see either one of them, but I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. I think he's going to come back motivated. Um, I think obviously you can't put too much stock into what you see in preseason, uh, generally speaking, but I think just watching him out there, you can see that he's healthy um, and he looks like he's, he's going to be okay. I think the nets are going to be really good this year. I, I have them pretty high in the East. Um, and I think, uh, I think Durant's going to average, you know, 30 points possibly lead the NBA in scoring and, you know, really just, uh, I think, I think the, the nets are going to be really good. And I think Durant is going to kind of remind everyone that he is one of, if not the best player in the world. You think he's going to lead the NBA in scoring? I could see it. I could see him averaging 30. Jesus Christ. Seriously? Playing with Kyrie Irving? Well, Brock almost did it. I, hey, I that, think, that, well, team, that team might put up 130 a night. Yeah. He, he led he led the league in scoring. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he led the league in scoring when he was uh, playing alongside Russell Westbrook. Oh, that's, so, true. I mean, that's true. You got a point. Obviously, a little older now. You know, I've got a few more more years on the uh, on the miles, but uh, but yeah, four time scoring champ. He did it. He did it four times with with Westbrook, which. I would argue that that's pretty, you know, doing it with, alongside Westbrook and alongside Irving are pretty similar. One of his most impressive accomplishments being able yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, no, I that would be an incredible if he came back and then won the MVP. Wow. And led the league in scoring. I just thought playing with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, like if Harden gets traded to Brooklyn, there's no way he wins. That's, that yeah, that, I'm, yeah. That's I'm, the, that's I'm the thing. I'm basically there. banking on the idea that he doesn't get traded. Yeah. I, it, but if he doesn't, yeah, and he bounces back, it's a, it's a good bet. Look, you guys said Luca. Luca's the favorite for a reason. Yeah. Um, going back to media narrative, though, I, I love Steph Curry for this. Yeah. No one is more beloved in sports by the media than Steph Curry. And they are going to push the shit out of the Steph Curry comeback. And I love him at eight to one. He's the third favorite here behind Luca and Giannis. And I think he's just going to go crazy and people have forgotten about Steph. And I'm seeing all these tweets about how Steph has to prove something yet because of what Damian Lillard did last year. Go fuck yourself. Like really? He's Steph Curry. Like I, he's just going to be so good this year. And I like Steph Curry at eight to one. And I'm sticking with my long shot pick of Joel Embiid at 40 to one from the last podcast. I think that's a, I think that's a good pick to make, but my pick pick on who I think is going to win. I'm going to go with Steph Curry. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, Chip, a lot of the guys that I do my radio show with, um, agree the same, you know, feel like you know, Steph, you know, injured lad, he could be somebody that could get the comeback player of the year. I know I kind of deemed that to, um, Kevin Durant in the earlier part of the show, but Hey, you know, Steph missed a big chunk of last season as well and didn't play much. So he can easily be the comeback player of the year. And, a lot of people feel like he's going to have something to prove uh, this season. And uh, it, it could be a scary thing for the the NBA. I'll tell you that much. So I, I, I like that pick as well. I like, you know, the, my co-host that made that pick. Um, it's a, uh, it's a possibility. I really think so as well. And Kevin Durant, of course, was a very popular one too, Danny, from some of the other ones uh, coming in there. 
yeah, and I think Durant's a guy that's a walking 25 to 30 points just because he's like 10 feet tall and plays like a guard and just shoots the lights out of the ball. Like to me, the best score I ever seen. So I think he can get 30 points with anybody on, on the court. So I like your guys' picks. Yeah, um, I, I would be rooting for Seth to win that. I mean, I think he's a generational talent. You know, I, I would love to see him up, up there, at least in the running for it. Um, all right. Well, we, we've reached the portion portion of the show where we're going to discuss our NBA picks. Uh, this is definitely my favorite thing to do prior to the season starting. So we're going to pick our playoff seeds. And then I think we should also um, select our finals matchup within the same conversation. So, Danny, why don't you start us off? on this one um and then we'll we'll just kind of go from there all right you want me to just run down each conference how i have it one through eight yeah um okay yeah i won't go i won't go all the way down because uh i don't i didn't i didn't do all that but i had the seeds um like you guys i was saying before nets are my one seed in the east i think they're going to be really really good um bucks two I think they're still gonna they're still gonna have their regular season dominance. Um, they're gonna be up there. I have Heat three. Um, I, I like what I saw from them in the bubble. I think they're gonna kind of carry that momentum over. This is the big one. Wizards four. Yeah. I think Russ and Beal are gonna be better than a lot of people think. Oh, I agree. Got Bertans. Uh, I like Denny, uh, the rookie. Rui Hachimuri. He's terrible at defense, but he, I like I like Rui. I think the Wiz, I think Russ is going to be very, very motivated to prove that he still got it. Um, so I got Wizards at four, Raptors five. Still think the Raptors are going to be good. They still got all their, you know, for the most part, the core pieces in place. Um, Baines sliding in for uh, for uh, Gasol and Ibaka is that's going to hurt a little bit, but I think they're still going to be, you know, pretty dangerous in the East. I have Celtics six. I think they're going to just take a little bit of a step back if Kemba's not going to be completely healthy. Um, kind of like what, what you guys were saying before, Jeff, um, with Tatum MVP. If Tatum is an MVP like that, they're, I'm, I'm going to be eating my words and they're going to be, you know, probably a top three or four seed in the East. Um, but I just, I think with some of the injuries to Kemba, I think they're going to take a, a little step back. I think they're still going to be good. Um, I have Sixers at seven. Um, and then Pacers at eight. So I, I think the East is really going to be tough. Obviously, my you guys just looking at Chip's face when I said the Wizards, that was a big one because I, 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 I am a Russ believer. I always have been. Um, I understand that he's not as good as he once was a few years ago, but um, I'm a Russ believer. I'm a Bradley Beal uh, fanatic. So I'm, I'm buying a lot of Wizards stock right now. Um, and I guess I'll just touch on the one team that I left off was the Hawks. I've wa- I know they, you know, they added Bogdanovich, they added, you know, um, uh, Gallinari, they added, you know, uh, Chris Dunn, uh, Onyeko, uh, I'm mispronouncing, Okongwu. Um, they added a lot of nice pieces, but I've watched the Hawks get absolutely smacked by the Knicks one too many times in the last few years to put any faith in them in making the playoffs. So I think they're, they're still going to be a year away from the playoffs. Um, and then in the West, I will, I'm going to go Clippers one seed. I 
could go either way here with the Clippers and the Lakers. I almost want to flip-flop them, but I'm going to go Clippers one, Lakers two, just because I think Lakers are going to be um, – they're, they're going to have a little bit more uh, motivation to rest LeBron and AD after the playoff run. Um, and the Clippers, they clearly are going to want to, you know, kind of get that bad taste out of everyone's mouth from the bubble. I got the Nuggets three. I think they're going to be strong again. Mavs four, just because like everyone's saying, I think Luca's going to take another leap forward and Mavs are going to be really good, you know, basically because Luca's going to be a superstar. Uh, I have Warriors five. I agree with you guys. I think they're going to bounce back. I think Curry's going to have a great year. Draymond's going to be back to his old self. Uh, I like the Warriors there. Suns, I'm putting them at six. I think the Chris Paul effect is real. We saw that with Oklahoma City last year, and you could argue that um, Phoenix has a lot more talent than Oklahoma City did last year. So I think Suns six, going Jazz seven. I think, you know, Jazz are just one of those teams. They still got all the, all the pieces in place. I don't think they're a finals contender, but they'll they'll be a playoff team out West. And then Blazers at eight, I have um, – I think I think they're going to be kind of in that same same range that they were last year, uh, and trying to think. I guess you could say the one team I'm snubbing is the Rockets, but I just I don't I don't know what's going on with the Harden situation, yeah. so I'm not um, I'm not sure kind of where I stand on them. Yeah, I I agree with you there, uh, uh, Danny, and taking a look at what I got for the East, um, I still have the Bucks number one. I think, you know, last year's playoffs, the bubble, they, they were highly disappointing. Um, I think, you know, it was it was a frustrating end to their season last year. Um, you know, Giannis signing that big deal. Um, I think, you know, that kind of gives them a little bit of peace of mind knowing that their superstar is not going anywhere. They have him locked up. I think they, they edge it out. They win the East, being the top seed. I have Nets number two. Um, it's I mean, Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant are just, you know, with the supporting cast, that team is going to be loaded and is going to be, uh, it's not going to be fun going up against them. Uh, at number three, I am done pretending like this team isn't any good at basketball. I'm going with the Raptors at, at number three. Every, every, I mean, last year, Chip, I think I had them, what, like as the eighth seed. And I was like, ah, you know, without yeah. why they're nothing. No, I'm done with that. That's that's I've learned my lessons. I'm on the I'm all for the Raptors. They have finally convinced me after all these years. I will not say anything bad about them. They're going to be the three. It only took a championship. It, yeah, it only took a championship <laughs> and some other things for me to just give in and just say, okay, they're a really good basketball team. I got to stop that. Um, at four, I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. I think the Heat are a fun team to watch. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, coming off the finals loss, you know, it's a team that just caught fire in that bubble, but they are very, very good, deep basketball team, a lot of depth on there, really like the Miami heat. Um, I'm going to have them at four at number five. I have the Boston Celtics, um, at number six, I'm going to put the 76ers. Um, it's a, a team that could probably do a little bit better if guys stay healthy, they added some shooters around the perimeter. You know, everybody knows Ben Simmons can't shoot except when he plays the Knicks. Um, he, you know, went on that that rampage of knocking down a three-pointer and the whole world went crazy. Um, but, you know, they added some shooters. I, I do think, you know, Doc Rivers is a good coach, but I also think Doc Rivers is a little overrated. 
You know, I mean, he's had some really great teams with the Clippers and, and did not get any really anywhere with them. Um, but I do think that he's going to fix some of the things that have been going on with them. I like them at six. At seven, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. This is another team I could see maybe moving up a little bit more. Um, just really like what they did in the offseason, bringing in some of the veterans. They did the mix in with their young talent. And then at number eight, I have the Washington Wizards. And again, this is a team I could see maybe jumping a spot or two as well. I really think Beal and, and Westbrook and even Thomas Bryant, uh, you know, they, they have some things there. And I do think Washington's going to be pretty interesting as well. As I take a look at what I have in the Western Conference, I was telling you guys before, the Western Conference was so hard trying to piece this together. Um, I, I ended up making my list and then having to scratch some things off and putting a team back in. Um, I st- I'm not even in love with my Western Conference picks. I'll, I'll say that. But I have the Clippers, number one. You know, I think uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, it's, it's an awful way to end your season last year, blowing a 3-1 lead. I think they're going to be highly pissed off and look to uh, – take uh, control of the West this year. I have the Lakers, number two, LeBron, Anthony Davis. That's all you need. Uh, number three, going to take the Nuggets. Um, Jokic, I need him a big year. He's on one of my fantasy teams. So just personally, I need him to, to be the dominant figure. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with the Mavericks. I'm going to pretend like Christoph Rzingis doesn't exist, though, and just root for Luka. Uh, number five, I'm going to have Utah. Love the combination with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It's been great over the years. Um, now they're locked up long-term. Looks like their relationship is no longer on the rocks like it was uh, when the hiatus happened and everything like that. At number six, I have the Phoenix Suns. I think right with you, Danny. I think that's where they're going to be. Number seven, I have Portland. I think Portland has been that team the last couple of years for whatever reason gets off to slow, miserable starts. They make a scratch your head. They have all the talent, but when they get around that playoff mode, they start to turn it on. I want to see them finally do that for a full year. Um, and I think, you know, they're capable of doing that. And then number eight, I have the Golden State Warriors. This is why I say I don't know if I love it because the Golden State is – like when I made my list originally, guys, I didn't have Golden State in my playoffs, and I forgot about them. And I went, oh, my God, I don't have them. And then it was just too late to fix it. So I'm going with my same list. I didn't change it. I can see the Warriors taking a big jump forward as well because they, they still have Steph. You know, they have um, uh, Oubre and Wiggins and, you know, Wiseman is the pick. You know, they, they are still a very good basketball team. I think uh, the eighth seed, I can see them taking a big jump, you know, from that being anywhere from four, five, six, right around there as well. Um, so at least I have them in the playoffs because originally I had them out because I forgot about them. I don't know how you do that, but those are my 16 teams in the playoffs. I like it. I like that list. Just chip. You want me to uh, get in here and do mine before you do yours? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So um, the Eastern conference, as we've been discussing is, is going to be more competitive this year. I think really the only locks to make the playoffs are uh, the Bucks, Nets, 76ers, Raptors, Celtics, and Heat, um, which essentially leaves two spots left. Um, in terms of who I think is is going to be the number one seed, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I, I want to put the Nets here 
The only thing that scares me is um, possibility of injuries. And, you know, I, I don't know what this new NBA policy in terms of resting healthy players, how that's going to play out and how teams are going to try and get around that. Um, because I think the Nets are going to, you know, try and keep KD and Kyrie as healthy as they can and, and not put as much stress as them as, as possible because they have a, a multi-year long-term plan here. But I'm going to go with the Bucks to start. I, I love the addition of Drew Holiday uh, to that team. Um, the Nets are going to be a great team. There's no way I could see them not finishing with a top three seed in the East. Um, my third pick, I, it may be a little bit surprising. I think both Matt and Danny had them a little bit lower, but I'm going to go with the 76ers here. Um, I like adding Seth Curry to that team. I, I think, <clears throat> you know, if we remember when the the 76ers had J.J. Redick, um, their offense was really, really great with him in it. You know, him coming off pin downs, him working a two-man game with Embiid. Uh, I think Curry um, is is just as deadly, if not more, more uh, of a shooter than than JJ is. And um, I, I like what they're doing. And even if they trade for Harden, and then you have Harden and Embiid, a potential five-man lineup of of that Curry, Tobias. Um, and, and put whoever else you want in as a shooter to space the floor, I think could be a really, really deadly line, lineup. That was something that Brendan Campbell had talked about on the, on the last pod when he came on. Um, my fourth seed, listen, I've also, similar to Matt, I've been a guy that has disrespected the Raptors before, and I'm not you know, doing that. You may even feel like me having them as the fourth seed is, is disrespect, but a team with Kyle Lowry on it and a healthy Pascal Siakam should be, I think, um, a top five seed. And, and, and it's funny, I, I don't think losing Serge Ibaka, I think defensively will be rough, but Aaron Baines as a small ball five in that offense could be really deadly. Um, so I have them there as, as my fourth seed. Uh, I have the Celtics fifth here. Uh, I do think there will be some difficult, you know, kind of things for them to navigate, but there's still a team with a lot of talent. Jalen Brown and Tatum are going to continue to get better. That team is not going to fall off a lot. Um, the team that I'm probably a little lower on than most here is, is actually the Heat. Um, I just think that anytime you come off uh, an Eastern Conference title and you get into the finals, you're going to get everybody's best. Um, and I just don't think the Heat are a regular season team. I think they're a playoff team and I don't think they care about where they land because they have the mantra and the belief that they could beat anybody and they can. So I just don't think that they're a team that's going to really prioritize the regular season a lot. I think they may struggle here and there a little bit, but come playoff time, they're going to turn it on. Um, my last two spots here uh, are going to be reserved for the Wizards and the Hawks. So I have the Wizards as the seventh seed. Uh, I do believe a tandem of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill in the East means that you're a top 18. Um, and the Hawks added too much talent not to make the playoffs, but I still don't think that they're going to do as well as their expectations are set out. And the team that I'm leaving off here, and I've said this on a previous pod before, I'm going to double down. I don't think the Pacers are going to do well this year. I like what they did with their coaching staff. I like in theory, they added somebody from the Nick Nurse coaching tree there to, to 
you know, make the offense a little bit more up-tempo. That was their issue with Nate McMillan. Um, I just don't – they didn't really do anything in the offseason. They just re-signed um, Holiday, and I think they gave Jeremy Lamb a three-year deal. And then they drafted Cassius Stanley, and I, I think somebody else. And I like Stanley, but I just don't think um, – you know, if Oladipo doesn't come back healthy, yeah, it was nice that Sabonis had an all-star season, but I just don't think you can expect a lot um, of production to come from him if you don't have uh, strength at the guard positions. I like Brogdon, but, you know, I, I just think that that's a team that's going to have a little bit of a fall. Um, and then for the West, as everyone has said before, this is brutal. I mean, it's it's like it's ridiculous picking the playoff spots in the West. But I'm going to have the Lakers as the number one seed. Um, I just I just think they have too much talent not to be. I have the Nuggets number two, which might be a little higher than I think Danny and Matt had them. Uh, I just love their team. They are they are the perfect example in the NBA of what it, player development should look like. Um, and they just have they keep hitting on draft picks and their young guys keep getting better. Um, so I, I, I think they'll be great. I'm going to have the Clippers slide a little bit. I'm going to have them at the number three seed, but for them, it's not really about where they end up in the regular season. It's all about the playoffs for them. I have the Mavericks at number four. I like what they did in the off season. And I just think Luca is going to be on a supernova type uh, year from a production standpoint. I have the Warriors at five and, uh, and I do think they're going to have a, a pretty great year here. And then I would say this, my my biggest selections or non-selections are at the back end of the Western Conference. So I have the Trailblazers at number six. I don't, I'm not as high on their offseason as I know Bobby Marks was. I think he had said that he picked them to finish second in the West after their offseason. I don't think what they did was that amazing, but I did like what they did. Um, you know, bringing in Rodney Hood, Covington, I, I think that's a very nice addition. You, at the end of the day, you still have Dame and you still have CJ. So this is this is definitely going to be a team I think that will be in the top eight. And here's probably my biggest – I have the Rockets in. So I have the Rockets as the seventh seed. Until they trade James Harden, I am not going to believe that a team with James Harden is not going to make the playoffs. I just think he's too good. Um, even if there's guys that are disgruntled there, uh, he, he's good enough to, to get them into the top eight. Um, and then I have the Jazz filling out my my top eight in the Western Conference. I leave the Grizzlies off. I think losing Jaron Jackson for the year is going to be too big of um, too big for them for them to kind of overcome. And I also have the Pelicans missing out because despite the fact that I think young guys will take a next step, losing Jeru Holiday is really really big for that team. Um, so those are kind of my my uh, my eight for both conferences. Yeah, I think that's a good one, and I agree with you about about the Blazers off season. I forgot that Bobby Marks said second overall in the West. That was really high in my opinion too. Crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I got a uh, for the East. I also have the Bucks repeating first. Um, I have. The Raptors second. I uh, I think that teams that have been together for a long time, yeah, like you have Lowry and Van Vliet and Siakam, and then you have yeah, obviously that Milwaukee core with Middleton and Giannis. 
has been together for a long time. I think that's going to really benefit those guys. And like you said, just the Nets are so talented. I got them finishing third. Um, I have the Heat finishing fourth. Um, I I still think they have potential to make the finals, but you already mentioned, Jeff, that they're more of a playoff team than a regular season team. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that they don't even feel like they need to finish in the top three, that they're not really concerned with that, probably. Um, I have the Sixers fifth. Uh, I, I am high on the Sixers, but it is their first year under Doc Rivers. And first year under a new coach, it's hard to say they're going to be like, uh, in a weird season, I'm not thinking they're going to finish over the Heat, Nets, Raptors, or Bucks. When they're not finishing over Spo, they're not finishing over Nick Nurse when he's been there forever. Even what Budenholzer did last year, I don't see that. Uh, I got the Celtics six. I guess that's lower than most people are on them. I got them six for just you know. I, I think we saw maybe a decline in Kemba last year. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just a little lower on them than most people. I guess I disagree with you, Jeff, on the Pacers. I got them seventh. Yeah, um, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I don't know yet about Oladipo. Yeah, I think if he's healthy, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. But even if he's not, I still think they can. I think Sabonis is just really good. I think Brogdon's really good. I think they got good players. And if Lamb comes back healthy too, that helps him out. I like Aaron Holiday. I think if th- this guy seems like he can coach. Uh, and at the eight seed, I got, uh, unlike Danny, who has them extremely high, I have the Washington Wizards at uh, <laughs> at number eight. Um, and squad. Yeah, I got, I went back and forth on the Hawks, too. I, I almost had the Wizards out of the playoffs. So went back and forth with the Hawks, uh, the Wizards, and the Magic. Uh, and, I mean, the Magic obviously losing Jonathan Isaac. That, that was pretty, kind of sealed their fate there. But. Uh, I just think that the Wizards getting Russ probably puts them into the playoffs. I just don't think it makes them a team that's going to finish in the top five or four or anything or is going to win a playoff series. I don't see that. Uh, And then the Western Conference, uh, I think that the Lakers, I agree with you, Jeff, the Lakers are going to get the one seed. I think they're going to come in and dominate right away. Uh, I got the Clippers at two, uh, Nuggets at three. Again, the uh, the teams that were together last year, I think it's going to benefit them. The Nuggets, Jokic, and Murray have been together a long time. That's going to benefit them. I got the Warriors at four. Uh, I know that's a little higher than some people might have them. I'm really high on Steph Curry. Yeah, Draymond Green. I think that. Like if if Steph's healthy, he's got to be able to get them to the playoffs, obviously, and I think he can play really well. Uh, I got Dallas at five. I I think that Luca is going to have a huge season, and he can win MVP even at the fifth seed. So I'm not saying he can't win MVP, but I don't know if he's going to put up a 50 win season by himself. I don't know if he's quite capable of that yet uh i have phoenix at six uh just 
I'm high on Chris Paul's team. Yeah, I, I always am, but I'm really bullish on this team. I like Devin Booker. I think they're going to be really good. I got the Blazers at seven. Yeah. Uh, like I, we were just saying, Jeff, I'm not as high on them as other people. And one team has to take a step back. And I think that's going to be the Utah Jazz. Yeah, they, they were just, they were weird last year. They were really weird. What happened in the bubble? No one talked about it because Mitchell was so good. They blew a 3-1 lead. You know, they had the Nuggets and they blew it. I mean, Murray was awesome too, but they had them and they blew it. And I mean, yeah, they just gave big contracts to Mitchell and Gobert. So obviously they're locked into those guys, but someone has to take a step back with the with the Warriors coming back, the Suns getting better. No, no, uh, someone has to take a step back and I think it's going to be the Jazz. I think they'll get the eight seed. What up? So Chip, you don't have the Rockets making it. Oh, I don't have the Rockets because I just assume Harden's getting traded to the East. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. Um, All right, guys, before we wrap up, let's go through our finals picks. Um, I think, you know what, I'll I'll start us off here. So, I mean, the West, despite it being a crazy conference and and super competitive, I just don't see, you know, uh, injuries can change everything. But I don't see anyone really beating the Lakers in a seven-game series. I, I just can't see it right now. Um, even LeBron in whatever year it is, whatever age he is, I, I just still see um, great talent from them, cohesion. And, I mean, the NBA should be kind of scared because the, at the end of the day, the, that was a, the first year that the Lakers really got to play together. Um, and they're, and they're going to be better this year. I actually like some of the additions that they made in the off season. I don't love Harrell as a player because defensively we've seen that you can run the pick and roll against him and, and he really struggles there. Um, but you're not worried too much about his defense hurting you when you have LeBron on the team, when you have Anthony Davis on the team, those guys can really cover up a lot of weaknesses. You can't um, pass though. You can't pass. That kind of hurts you too. Yeah, that's true. But it's just, it's hard for me, Chip, man. It really is hard for me to believe that he's, he's going to hurt them. Like it just be because of who else is on the team. It's just, well, yeah, you, you just take them off the court. Cause you have so many other guys. It doesn't really matter. You're right. I mean, but, uh, and Schroeder, honestly, I really like that signing. Um, you know, having another guy who can create and, and set things up for himself. Uh, and the offense is going to be big. Um, on the Eastern side, ah, man, I, I, I'm not, I don't love my pick here, but honestly, I'm going to go with the 76ers. And um, for a couple of reasons, I just think that I'm buying into, I'm buying into Moray and Doc going over there and shaking things up a bit. Whether that means trading for Harden, um, whether that means standing pat, uh, I really like the 76ers team. I, I just I, I like the way it's constructed. I love a young guy like Thibel. Um, I love you know the shooting that they have on that roster between Corkmaz, um, Harris, and Curry. And if they stick with Ben and and B, the only thing to me that can derail them um, is injuries. You know, I, I, I would still take that team, you know, for the most part over the Nets 
and the Bucks in the seven game series. And the only the only reason I'm not buying the Bucks, and I love what they did adding Holiday, is just for for whatever reason, man, they they just can't do it in the playoffs. And I just I'm not uh, I I can't buy into the Bucks Bucks. And you could call this kind of a not a great reason to not buy into the Nets, but I just don't believe you know, when a team is constructed that first year, I feel like yeah. you got to take steps. I feel like it always takes that first year, you know, they'll, they could make the Eastern conference finals, but then the next year, now they're really, they're really going to be ready to make some noise, but uh, I'm going to go with the 76ers and the Lakers for my finals picks. Wow. I thought I was high on the Sixers. That's you think <laughs> they're going to make the finals. I do. Yeah. That's, wow. <laughs> Matt, you go ahead, man. All right. Um, for me in the West, I mean, I think it's, again, oh, the West has some teams that can make a run there, but it's between the Lakers and the Clippers to me. You know, I, I think we've seen what, what Kawhi, what he can do and carry a team to the finals. And, you know, to me, it's just with the Lakers, if Anthony Davis is healthy, um, you know, and he showed last year that he – he was and, and played through injuries and played well in the postseason and answered some of those questions for me. Can he sustain a long playoff run? He was he was phenomenal. Uh, LeBron is is LeBron, but there's just this gut feeling that I have that I think the Clippers are going to to knock him off. So I'm going to say it is the Clippers, and then in the East, I've kind of gone back and forth with this as well. I, I mean, I like. I don't think Miami gets back. I mean, I didn't have Miami even reaching the finals last year, right? You know, so um, I don't think they go back. Milwaukee, I, I just think they're going to do what they always do and poop the bed in the playoffs somewhere. And, I mean, I think the easy pick really should be this Brooklyn team. I mean, they have two superstars with Kyrie, Kevin Durant, who are coming off injuries. That's going to be – are they going to stay healthy? They have the depth. If those guys stay healthy, to me, guys, I don't see how Brooklyn doesn't walk right to the finals. I will have the Clippers and the Nets in the finals, and then I'm going to take the Clippers winning it this year. I think Kawhi gets a, a ring out in L.A., um, and I think it could be a six, seven-game series in the finals. Like we can have a good one. Again, there are some teams that I can see making it from the East over Brooklyn. And of course, I think the Lakers absolutely can beat the Clippers. But if I have to pick right now, I'm going to say Clippers, Nets, Clippers win. I can't believe you're betting against LeBron. It's, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to like pick them because then when they win, if they don't win, I'll, I'll be upset. So I'm trying to play that card like, oh, we're not going to win. You know, Reverse chance. Down, so, yeah, you know. <laughs> keep my hopes down. So I'm not disappointed, but really crossing my fingers. He does. Cause I am rooting for him because Lord knows my Knicks ain't going to sniff anywhere near a finals, even though I placed the bet on them too, my $10 bet for them to win it all. So I can cash out big. Um, I have my hopes for that, but yeah, if the Knicks can't win it, I root for LeBron. I just, I just have a feeling the Clippers are going to edge him this year. Wow. Yeah. I don't have that same feeling. Yeah. I think he's going back to the finals. I do. I hope so. Yeah, plus 140 on DraftKings. The Lakers are the clear favorite, and they're the favorite for the reason. I think, uh, and Jeff kind of alluded to it with all the additions they had. I mean, they won the finals last year, and this year's team is even better. So I think they're going back, barring injury. And 
I, I know it's a weird year, so anything can happen, but yeah, I'm, I'm betting the Lakers to win the West. And as far as the East goes, obviously it's more of a crapshoot and it feels like the Nets should be the, the pick. And I would never bet on the Bucks after what we've seen from them. Never bet on the Bucks, even though they are the betting favorite. But I like Jeff taking the six, Sixers there. But after what we just saw, how can, how can I not say the Heat? After what we just saw, I'm sorry, I can't not say the Heat. I, I plus six fifty on DraftKings. I would say the Heat. Yeah, I gotta take them. I, I like them. And there's also, if you take them now, there's also the opportunity, the possibility that they trade for Harden and get even better at some point. And yeah, I like the Heat there. I, I really do. I'm gonna. Uh... I think combine a couple of you guys with your picks. Um, I'm going Lakers over the Nets in the finals. Obviously, you guys know I'm, I'm pretty high on the Nets. Um, I think, you know, the Lakers, like Chip, like you said, they were, won the championship last year and they got better this year. So I, I have a hard time picking against them. Uh, but with the Nets, I just don't see a team in the East that can beat them in a seven-game series. I mean, you think about, you know, how tough it is to score in the playoffs and how, you know, games kind of slow down a little bit. And, and um, you know, you really see the, the stars rise to the top. I don't see how a team is going to be able to stop Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for four games in a series. I just, I think they're going to win the East. I know I, uh, what you're saying, Jeff, about, you know, sometimes it takes a year to get, you know, get their feet under them. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. Um, but for me and for my money, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put it down on the nets to make the finals. And then, you know, I think it'll be a good series with the Lakers, but I just think, you know, LeBron AD just too much. Danny, is it surprising to you? They're not the favorite, the nets. It's surprising to me that the bucks are the favorite, right? A little bit, but you know, I think, I think it's kind of, it's what Jeff said, you know, people don't expect them to all, you know, team to just gel immediately. Yeah. I guess I just, for time. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would just never bet the Bucks. I just would never to get to the finals. I mean, it was one preseason game, and I saw about ten minutes of the Nets play. Uh, I think it was the Wizards, and Westbrook wasn't even playing. But goddamn, man, Kyrie and Katie looked good. Like, yeah, really, it's gonna be fun. It's really gonna, good. It's gonna yeah. be fun watching those two. Katie legitimately, I remember he was on the wing, and he had somebody guarding him, and he literally just held the ball up like this and just shot it. And it was just such a pure, like he didn't even move, he didn't even dribble. He just kind of like held it up and was like, "Eh, I'm taller than you. Like, I'm just gonna drain this from 15." Um, so, man, I mean that that team is healthy. I guess I guess I'm just I, I might be a little bit odds lower on the health factor and how much they're going to play um, and how that could ultimately impact their um, record and maybe even playoff performance. But there's no question there's not a team more talented than they are. And they if those guys are are healthy all season, I think they will be in the finals. But, you know, who knows? Who knows what will happen there? Yeah, I, I I'm hoping with my like this. I still get this feeling. I'm still trying to talk because I, I I I agree that their their roster is so much better uh, than than it was last year, and obviously they won. It's just 
I I just think Kawhi can be that like that guy, you know, like he can he can be that guy. I don't. It's it's a, if playoff P as he calls himself actually can hit a shot in the in the postseason. I think they could beat anybody as well. So that that's that's why I'm kind of on the Lakers there. But I mean, man, um, I think this season's going to be fun. I think it's wide open again. I don't think there's like that one team for sure again where you go, yep, they're going to win it all. You know, like last year was like that as well. So I, it makes it fun. It makes it look. Uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I can't wait for it to start. I think um, that's probably a good place to end. Uh, we we all can't wait for this season to come. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think the first slate of games is Tuesday night. I think yes, it's the Warriors. Warriors, Warriors and the Nets. And then who else is, is the late game, Chip? Is that Lakers, Lakers, Clippers. Clippers, Clippers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... We that's haven't the, seen that enough. So no, we'll I, yeah, well, that, that is true. That is true. But um, like you guys, man, I, I just can't wait. Uh, can't wait for the Knicks. Can't wait for NBA. Um, you know, so I know we're all really pumped about that. But... Uh, Listen, Danny and Matt, thank you guys so much for, you know, spending part of your Sunday morning with us, talking a little NBA, talking a little betting before we let you guys go. Uh, Matt, please let, you know, the good listeners know where they can find you on Twitter. And if there's anything you're working on and, and want to promote, please do so. Yeah, you guys can find me. I, I have to, I use uh, my my radio name here. It was a joke that they did. They never let me, when I was an intern, they called me Mitch. They wouldn't call me by by my name. And it's just something that's stuck in this area. So I changed my Twitter to uh, Mitchie Fresh 1400. So based off of my, my radio show and uh, radio station, you can catch me there. And, uh, you know, check me out. If you have the ESPN Plus uh, subscription, um, I cover or I call, I should say, uh, Presbyterian College games. Um, I do some men's game. I actually just did a game Friday night. And, um, but I do every, uh, women's games over the weekend and stuff like that. So you can catch me on there and basically all I'm doing right now. So thank you guys again for bringing me on this. I like this little crossover and thought this was uh, a lot of fun hearing everybody's opinion. Yeah. I'll just, I'll echo what, uh, what Mitchie fresh is saying there. Thanks for having us on. It was a nice little, uh, nice little crossover. Um, you can find me on Twitter at DW small eight, um, you can find my writing all over the place, but mostly uh, EliteSportsNY.com and ActionRush.com. Those are, you know, the two main places I've been writing a lot. Um, so, yeah, that's not, not much else to say. Had a lot of fun, you know, breaking breaking this year down, and hopefully we're not too wrong about our predictions. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping the same. The, the Pacers won, and, and I guess me leaving the Suns off in the Western Conference might be that was, the only one. That <laughs> that's going to bite about. you, I think. We'll that see. One. We'll see. I, I, I'm very interested to see. I'll say this, Chip, you're 100% right. If the Rockets trade Harden, I agree with you. But we'll, you know, yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. The, the one thing we all know for sure is we'll, we'll definitely hold each other accountable. We're, we're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll definitely have you guys on again. Always an open invite. And uh, for everybody else listening, you know, we hope everyone is staying safe. We'll talk to you guys soon.